Here we go again on the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. Today is a very special day. I have waited three years, <laughs> three years to get this person in my quote unquote studio. Today I have Natalie Green, the owner of Ortega's downtown Charlestown. She feeds everybody. Natalie, thank you for being on the podcast. Finally. Yes. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. (laughs) Well, for a little bit of background, we meet quite regularly and, you know, spitball things about business, talk about business strategy, overall just support for each other when it comes to the challenges of of what we're facing as small business owners. So, again, I'm I'm kind of taken back because I I have so much that I want to talk about with Natalie where it's recorded and out there for the universe um, but I think we're just going to start with like the background and I want to talk specifically about Ortega's taco shop. Um, maybe do a, a minute or two about where you came from, what you studied in school, what you thought you were going to be, and then how the path took you to, um, even thinking about doing a taco shop. Okay. <laughs> so where does it all start? Uh, okay. Well, again, thank you <laughs> for having me. But um, so it started, obviously, I was um, going to Shepherd University and we, I was getting ready to graduate and my dad was working for a company and he got laid off. And as a family, we've always thought of having this restaurant, right? This Ortega's Mexican restaurant. And it was always a thing. And my mom has always been in a culinary background, so cooking for her, it was very nice when we grew up because we would have nice meals. I mean, she she did it right when she was cooking at home. So um, when I graduated and my dad lost the job, the opportunity came to get the old shop right there in Ranson. And we looked at it, and it was very, you know, hole in the wall. And you've been there before, and a lot of our customers have been there since day one, which is awesome. We're so th- super thankful for that. But it was a very um, kind of pull the plug, let's just do it, and let's go all in. So hold on. Because mom was a good cook, Yeah. let's open a taco shop? Well, it was – the opportunity was there. I saw the opportunity um, as well as my dad, and we just said, well, why not? Like, what else are we going to do? You just lost your job. Does – so did your family have like commercial restaurant experience? Well, my mom was always a chef and she okay. worked at the Hilton, the Hyatt, all <clears throat> in San Diego. Great. So growing up as a kid, I would help her with caterings. I would be, you know, she had to go pick up her check. I would go to the Hilton and see the chocolate covered strawberries and the catering that she did for the chargers. I mean, it was cool for me as a kid to see it. Um, so she's got a lot of culinary background. Um, but my dad was always the one working you know, the corporate job. So he's the one that, you know, moved us here. Right. Okay. So the hole in the wall, as we're calling it, which is, was in Ranson was a somewhat dilapidated building. Oh man. We had no heating. Was there a kitchen in there at least? There was a kitchen. Okay. Um, so we didn't have to buy a lot of equipment. That's so good. the the base of it was there and that's what I saw. Um, the ceiling was just, no ceiling really it was falling apart it was used to be an old garage or an old like um gas station okay um so there was a walk-in which i was very thankful for and the the biggest thing was right there on the corner so we had that flow of traffic um 
And then while we were there, they uh, did the construction on Fairfax. So that was kind of a big challenge for us. And Describe what that means. Well, we used to have parking on the side and we used to, it used to be convenient. And when they closed that street off, we were left with like four parking spots. And the inside, yeah, yeah, the inside had like three tables. Right. So it was all takeout. You you weren't coming there to meet with your friends and family. Um, And I saw that as a, as a flaw. Like what, what if you want to go meet your friend? And I have three tables. You're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't even remember what Fairfax looked like before the new Fairfax. It's, yeah. It's so new now that I, I can't remember what it was like. But now now that it has been refurbished, mm-hmm. Fairfax is a road that goes right beside. And what's the other one? George, Mildred. Mildred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's right at the traffic circle where Mildred and George and uh, Mildred and Fairfax are. So now there's good flow. Yeah. But back then it was a bit of it was a bit of a mess. It was. It was. Um, so how did you find the equipment you needed so to continue forward? So because of the background that my mom has with running a kitchen um, and my background of sales and customer service and social media, and I started our page, I started to try to get followers before we even opened the door. Um, and I think that just because it was already kind of set up the way that we wanted it to, it wasn't that hard to kind of figure out where everything was going to go. And we started so small. And then when we started getting bigger and bigger, that's when we started becoming more of like a problem of storage and space. And How long did that take? Probably, I would say probably year two and three, we started to see, well, I started to see problems like, the dish pit, the walk-in getting too, like, just not enough space. So it, it's so hard to remember back because all I think about now is how easy it is to come down and get a burrito from mm-hmm. you guys, you know, in downtown Charlestown. So you decide, I mean, you had to get permits, right? Food service oh, permits yeah. and health stuff and yeah. health inspections. Health inspection, health department. And I'm thankful for the... For, for the health department. They actually have been helpful at any time um, that we kind of went through this whole process. And you do have to go through the process. You have to get the um, fire marshal to inspect the building before you get, um, it goes in a row. So it's like the health department, the fire marshal, um, you got to get the permit from the city. Um, so all these little things all have to line up before you can even open up your door. And I remember the first day we were trying to open up the door and <laughs> Are we ready? Are we ready? I think we're ready. Should we turn the light on? <laughs> so scary. It's so scary. Owning a business is really scary. It's and opening so scary. day is, you can be so planned for yeah. it and you're so ready for it. And it could go off perfectly. Mm-hmm. I remember my t-shirt shop, you, you mm-hmm. were at my grand yep. opening and it was an incredible day and I feel like nothing went wrong yeah. and I was re- really blessed to have that way. But when you have moving parts like food and keeping food warm or keeping food cold, or having enough food. Or what if we don't sell enough? What if, what, what? Then there's waste, right? Yeah. I made all this food. And then that was the thing, is learning my mom's recipes because it was just the three of us that started. So my dad wasn't going to be cooking, although he prided himself on making the chips, which we taught him how to make them, and he executed perfectly. Kills it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, my mom was right behind me taste testing everything. So if I didn't make the rice right, we had a problem. I imagine 
we would have an entire podcast on working with family members, whether it's okay. with parents working with their pain in the ass kids, yep. or if it's kids working with their stubborn parents, yes. maybe, right? Yes, that that, <laughs> that could be a whole nother day. Yes, it would. I, I think we should have both of you in here. Oh, you and I don't, your mom. Oh, I don't think you have enough soundproof walls for that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let me let me change topics a little bit. So, a couple. Maybe a couple years back, you talked about stations. Did you have stations <laughs> in your in your kitchen? Yeah. So I remember um, the, the first days. So my dad would be the cashier. And um, we coined the name HC, head cashier, because okay. that was his job. And that was all he would do, um, other than the chips, right? And then I would basically make all the food because I was just the fastest at making it. And that's what we pride ourselves on is how fast we can get you in the door and out the door again. Not a lot of seating. Parking was limited. I was trying to get as much customers that I could in and out fast. And you're on a lunch rush, right? Or dinner, whatever. But um, So I would be the one making all the orders, and then my mom would back me up. So we'd, we'd put the line in, everything would be good, but then she would back me up if I needed more carne asada, more chicken, more whatever I needed, right? She'd back me up. Um, so when at the old space, there had those huge windows in the front, and you could see when cars would pull up, or you could see when people were walking over. And my dad, because he was the head cashier, he would be mostly by the register the whole time or answering the phone. He would turn around and go, stations! <laughs> and you have to run to your station because if you weren't there, like, who's making the food? You know? Right. Mom, who, who's making the carne asada? Stations. And it was like a funny thing that we would then implement into our employees. Right. But, so let's, before employees, so you have a, a food prep station. Yep. Or a timeline where you have to prep the food, which means, in my mind, slicing or dicing the oh my tomatoes and then slicing there's lettuce the, and then there's... Yes. And then prepping like for the fish tacos and then maybe cooking the meat. And there's an enormous amount of things. And that's it because the recipes are not, they're not out of the bag, you know. So our, for instance, the machaca, it's a slow cooked shredded beef. Right. We shred it by hand. We still do to this day. Sometimes if the meat's too big, it takes longer. And in the oven... Okay, to prep it, right? It's 30, 35 minutes to get it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Then it's in the oven. It's in there for four hours, constantly being rotated. Then you got to let it cool down because you, you, hot hands, I mean, you got to pull it. So then you got to pull the meat. Then you got to set it. Then it goes on the line. So it's this whole process. Same with the rice. You can't walk away from making rice. I've burnt so many batches. <laughs> you got to no. be there because there's so much love that goes into this food. And if you don't put the love in the food, it doesn't taste right. Totally. It's the truth. That's awesome. So you probably got tired of being in the dish pit. You probably got tired of oh, yeah. the – there's probably, what, a hundred things every day that has to get done, whether there's one of you yeah. or three of you. That's right. Right. So when did you decide to start bringing on employees? How soon into the process? Uh, the first – the first I needed a dish pit. I needed a kid that I could get quick and easy and um, – it was cool because I did an internship with the uh, Spirit of Jefferson. So the gentleman who was working there had a son, and he just needed a quick part-time job. And he was my first employee, and he was so cool because he had a great attitude. He would walk to work. Um, 
and he just did anything. He was so, and he would come in, and it was great because the three of us were always there together, but you kind of had to behave when somebody else was there. Totally. So, yeah. <laughs> so he brought this energy that was great for us, and and then we got to the point where he, on Tuesdays we made this sign, and he would go in the middle of the circle. And he would put his headbuds on, and he would just twirl this sign for really? Taco Tuesday. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's so awesome. He, and he how cool. soon after opening did you determine you had to hire somebody? That was probably, let's see. So he was summertime, probably a couple months, like maybe four or five months. So that's four or five months of grinding and figuring oh, yeah. out what's working. Yep. And did you have too many things on the menu at first? Or two little things? Um, I think two little things because then, for instance, the Baja, the Baja fish taco, we only had it as a taco. We didn't put it in a burrito form or a salad form or anything else until customers started asking for it. And I was like, oh, I guess we should probably do that. Same with like, you know, vegetarians. We're like, oh my God, we're still there. Right. We got to do that. So. Yeah, it's weird. And it, but, but what's great is that you're able to take the materials that you have, mm-hmm. the ingredients that you have, and apply them to different menu items without crushing your food costs, as, as far as it appears to me, at least. Yeah. So we've covered the why, and we kind of covered the how. Was it a lot of investment money to get started? To be honest, no. It was my dad and I, and we threw down. Um, and like I said, the kitchen was already there. Right. We had a lot of, uh, of equipment already because of caterings that my mom had previously done. Nice. Um, so chafing dishes, shape, all that stuff we had. Um, so it was basically inventory that we had to cover. And in the beginning, we really didn't have payroll. So Right. That's, that's really great. Yeah. So it's all sweat equity for the most part. So then... Literally how- because we had no AC. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you want to rattle off some of the problems you had in the uh, original building? No. I mean... Just the, anybody that was a customer there understands <laughs> the problems that we had. No I mean, AC, no heat, no heat, plumbing issues. Oh yeah, kind of a janky ceiling. Definitely. And you and I, I almost wish you had a sign that says, "Sorry, we're renting." Yeah. <laughs> this isn't ours. This, this isn't is not ours. how we do. No. But it's what we've got. Right. So opportunities that would pop up. I'm focusing more so on the opportunity to, to have like a little food trailer or food truck at the farmer's market. Explain how some of those things began to pop up and why you decided to move on one or the other. Yeah, so we had the opportunity to go to the Charlestown Farmer's Market and um, they wanted us to set up to serve breakfast burritos. And we, uh, my dad was all about it. He loved the idea. And I was like, well, who's going to, how are we going to do that? And the very first year that we went there, we didn't have a trailer. It was tables and hot boxes and driving back and forth from the market to the shop to just execute. You can't glaze over that. Explain, Explain the process. So my dad and I would go and set up, and you'd have to set up the market at about 6 a.m., um, so I would go and set my dad up. It would open at eight. It would open at eight. And so we would have to, you know, meet up at five thirty, load the truck up. Um, I would get him over there and I'd tell him to set it all up and we, I would set the tables and the tent up for him. The rest was, he was, it was on him. Well, don't, don't glaze over it. So what, what would he have to set up? Let's really, let's really <laughs> draw down the value on this. 
the tablecloths, the entire flow of how everything was going to be. And I gave him a map, the cash drawer. He had to have his cash, his change, the menu. Um, And we kept it very simple. So we only took a couple chips and salsas, the coolers. And again, I would drop everything off and leave him. Hold on, man. What's everything? So the tables, the okay, tablecloths, the equipment, okay. the right. electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't take the food until the second run. Okay. So I'd get back in the truck, go back to the shop, fry the potatoes. Oh, I, yeah, no, I would make a batch of eggs too because I took an egg cooker to the to the market, but I was still having to go get the potatoes at the shop. And they were constructing. Oh yeah, the, the burritos on site. Yeah, on site. Basically on a ta- folding table. On a folding table. And the folding table, if you've ever worked on a folding table, they are not ideal to be hunched over yeah. rolling breakfast burritos <laughs> with the customers just staring like, what are you doing? Are I you going to make that? Yeah. Can you make that for me? Uh, no potatoes. <laughs> uh, can you buy extra cheese? Um, you know. So that was challenging the first year. And, um, and so it kind of made me realize we went through the whole first year just like that and then it made me realize like i can't go there next year like that and i can't remember if it was the second year that we got the trailer or if it was the third but either way we finally got the trailer and the trailer was awesome um only hiccup there you got to be there before the market sets up because you got the trailer so i had to be there no later than 5 30. no later drop the trailer open it up pop the tent open, get the table set up, and then again, I would end up setting up my whole hot table and I would literally have to fly back to the shop and get everything set up. So sometimes, sometimes I'd have a helper backing me up at the shop, but a lot of the times, no. So I would be running in a pinch to get the meats ready, the potatoes fried, the eggs cooked, the tortillas, yeah, and I'm thinking like that's an enormous amount of effort, and I hope you were pumping decent volume to to justify it. So yeah, but the farmers market, even though it's every single weekend, in between the the time span that it is spring to fall, it can rain. Yeah, and like you're set up for like a hundred or so burritos, yep. but nobody posts because mm-hmm. it got windy or something. Mm-hmm. You're just like, great. Here we are. Yep. And that's the challenge kind of with anybody that goes off-site, right? So right. you can't control – you can only control what you can control. And the cool thing that we started there was the customer um, experience, really, with the farmer's market. And and the farmer's market, Jefferson Gap Coalition notices that, you know. And they had the live music. They had Black Dog Coffee there. So you could get – Anything from the farmers that you wanted, your veggies, your your flowers, your any little trinkets, honey, um, you get your coffee and then you could get your burrito. So it became this Saturday morning routine. Definitely. For a lot of people. Yeah. Um, people would drive quite a ways in. Yeah. Uh, to go to the farmer's market, but the draw was getting your breakfast burrito. Yeah. For real, for real. For real. Mm-hmm. And, and and so the challenge for for myself was that running back and forth just for the potatoes, just for frying potatoes and, you know, the rushing back, coming back and having 20 orders of burritos and it's just me. And it's like, wait, <laughs> is my order ready? I'm like, uh, you might want to take a lap, go get some coffee, maybe. Go check out the guy over there. Is the music playing? 
so then how many years did you do that before the opportunity for the new space popped up? So we stopped the breakfast burritos when we got the new space in 2019. 2019. Yeah. So you probably did three years. I feel like you were there for two years with the trailer. Yeah. Two years with the trailer. It's probably four years at the farmer's mm-hmm. market and then the new space. So how did the new space come up? So we had the opportunity to move there and... That's right on Washington Street. If anybody's right wondering. on Washington Street, Charles Washington Hall. Beautiful, beautiful building, beautiful kitchen. Um, and I had to submit an RFP uh, proposal to move Ortegas there. And there were a couple of other people that wanted the space too. Um, so I'm thankful that we even had the opportunity. And so they chose us and we decided to move there. And I literally moved us in about a week and a half. Moved from the old space to the new one. So there was no downtime at all? You didn't Not really a close? Lot. Nope. Staff helped <clears throat> move it all. And we prepped and we kind of timed it as best that we could. So. But then you had to figure out all the, the new systems, all the new stations. All the new stations. So many new stations. Oh my gosh, we have a dish pit? What? Right. So we had that. We had, you know, st- where are we going to store all these things? Um. The city, the maintenance crew, really helped us out with some of the moving of the shelves and, um, you know, figuring out that we needed more electric. Um, so. Well, the um, by moving into the Charles Washington Hall section of Ortega's, you've quadrupled your sitting space for sure. For sure. And we have indoor and outdoor, which is nice. But I, I kept the same tables as the old shop, and I just added more. Right. So... I wasn't trying to spend a lot on a move, you know. We we literally got new new chairs because we needed more. Um, we had the equipment, and that kitchen was completely renovated, so that was nice. And the only thing that we kind of lost out on is the walk-in. We we don't have a walk-in now, which right. we're kind of short on space for refrigeration. Kind of gives us a little bit of a like, what are we gonna do now? Because we have the opportunity for caterings and weddings. And we've done them. And we've executed them. But it's tough. Well, I don't want to glaze over it. Because if you haven't been to Ortega's Taco Shop in Charles Washington Hall, it really is a nice experience. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the original place was you were desperate to get that delicious taco, right? So you pulled it off. And I know I, I ate in the little cubby area mm-hmm. to eat. And it was just what it was. But... I'm going to say you really classed up the joint with a new spot. Yeah. You know, and, and I, um, but with bigger space and bigger volume comes the challenges of hiring. Right. So your staff had to probably double, right? Yeah. We need more stations. We need more front of the house, people that can take the order. Now we have a cool POS system that really helps, um, but you got to train the staff how to she sell. She means point of sale, if you point just didn't know that. Not the other POS system. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. But yes, the POS system, um, which is nice now. And we've we've talked about how we're going to kind of implement a kiosk and a QR code where the customers can order and do that versus having front of the house be so limited to our employees. Well, so let me back up a second. So you moved into the new place in 2019. Yeah. Winter? Summer. Summer. Like so seven, eight months before COVID yeah. hit. 
Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Let's talk yeah. about how you made things work through COVID. That was tough. I'm very thankful for Bushel and Peck um, because when it hit, we everything stopped. But I, I still had to pay my bills. I still had to pay the building. You know, what, what are we going to do? We can't just stop. So thankfully, I went in there and I, I made taco kits. I made pico, guac, um, little things that I could execute by myself enough. And then Bushel and Peck sold it for me. So the only way that you could get Ortega's was buying it through Bushel and Peck because I had no one else. I couldn't, I couldn't run the register and make the food. So for and it was basically closed. Yeah, everything was closed. So everything was curbside. So you would have to get it from Todd and Abby. Let's get deeper into this. So how did you get the chicken you needed? How did you get the vegetables you needed? Right. So I'm very thankful for Crestview Meat Market. Um, they have been with me since day one. And they still supply to this day. Um, I'm trying to get them on a delivery, but we'll get there. <laughs> but So I have to go out there and get it. But um, they gave me what I needed when it came to my meats and when it comes to the veggies, there was a time that I was, I was, I mean, I'm still supermarket sweet. I mean, sometimes it's just cheaper going to the grocery store than it is getting it from the distributor. Um, especially now with supplies and product. So you can get something that's not good. Um, and then, you know, you can pick your own at the grocery store and it might even be cheaper. Right. Um, and there was actually a time when I was selling chicken wings. Like I was selling chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. Just to make the money flow, right? Keep the yeah, cash flow. Well, they sent them to me by accident. And I was like, well, I guess we're selling wings. I'm not going to get rid of them. That's awesome. Yeah, so we did that for a while. Um, and like I said, I was doing the taco kits. What about the then, window? Tell me about the window. Oh, yeah, the window was cool. So I slowly started bringing a couple more staffers in because I, I just couldn't keep up. And then Bushel and Pet got to the point where they couldn't keep up with my orders. Right. So... What we did was we created this little taco box window, and I didn't even know those windows even opened up. You mm -hmm. know, so we got it open. We created this window, and it was this little system where you would come up to the window, you'd order, or you would pick up if you already pre-ordered over the phone. And so that required a cashier all day standing by this window because our mic system just wouldn't work. The alleyway gets you know super loud. Big trucks coming down. You're like, what did you say? <laughs> And you could only, you know, you had a social distance, so the window box would stick out, you know. Right. So, but everybody loved that little taco box window. Well, it's because we got to get what we wanted. Otherwise, yeah. there was no other option. There was no other option. Right. And we had the outdoor seating, too, at that point. Um, so, so more staff, more outdoor seating. And I was still putting product at Bushnell and Peck. So you could still get it from Bushnell and Peck as well. Mm -hmm. So slowly but surely the staff started coming back. And the, and the window box was our thing. And that was the only way. And people would stand in line and wait. Oh, yeah. Luckily, the window box, I want to say it kicked in in like April. Mm -hmm. And it was not totally cold. No. But it wasn't totally warm. Yeah. And then... I remember thinking, this has got to get cleaned up before winter. 
Yeah. Or we're gonna. I'm not gonna stand out here. Heck no. I mean, I'm wanting. And what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna play heaters out there. So then, then came curbside. Curbside was so nice. Yeah. Tell us about that. It's so nice. I'm so thankful for downtown Charlestown on voting to keep it because it was only supposed to be temporary. But when the thought of taking away curbside came about, I was like, no, we can't. So thankfully, it's now permanent. And the takeaway spots are in front of not only our building, but a lot of the other shops downtown, too. And I think the biggest thing that our customers love is now you can order online, schedule your pickup, or you can call us and schedule your pickup. But you just pull up, and we have this little link that it sends you. You can check in. It'll let the staff know that you're here, walk out, load you up. See, that's really advanced compared to how it was in the beginning, though. Always in the beginning. Right. So... That's, you were already on the path of how do I engage with my customers and coach them or train them to start using this app because it's really going to help us Yeah. because the app is the front of the house. Right. So the curbside became the benefit for the customer. Yeah. To But you had to either call it in, which is doable, yeah. but you got to wait mm-hmm. because you guys deal with a lot of volume. And then, or you could order on the app. I don't think I've ordered on the app yet. I like to call it. I think you've ordered online. Maybe I did. But that. you can also order off of ortegastacoshop.com. Right. And we just started that. And you can also do through Google now. Boom. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. I am. So it, it's been such it's been such a, a beautiful story. And one of the biggest challenges that I know you're having though is is staffing. Mm-hmm. So let's use a little bit of this time to talk about Maybe not so much why you've lost staffing, because anybody can leave. Anybody can move their life forward or up or down or choose to just quit, you know. What kind of staff members do you need right now or continuously? So my crew that I have now is probably the, the most productive and high-energy they're just so great. Like they have this family dynamic um, and they all take care of each other and they have this great system now and I have great leaders now too and I just promoted one um, and we have our little team meetings and everyone is just happy and thankful to, to have the opportunity to, to work with us and they all, I think, at least I hope, they see my vision of growth and they see my vision of where I want to go with the company. And I think the coolest thing is every day is something different. Like no doubt, every day is different and you don't go to work. I mean, the menu's the same, the food's the same. Um, we try so hard to try to do specials and sometimes we can't execute because we can barely keep up. I get it. Yeah. So um, I think that's it is anyone new that comes into it you're coming into a family that's so tight that you're either in or out. I mean, the restaurant game is not for everyone. And we've experienced that. And some people will acknowledge it and some will try to work through it. You know, but but we but need... It could be a transitional position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, we, but we want team players. You know, we want people that are willing to... There's a lot of different hats that you wear. You don't just do cashier. You don't just do prep. You know, you're not just stuck in the dish pit. So I think that um, 
as far as looking for another team member, like, you know, we've advertised that we're hiring, but I think it takes a lot to kind of find that person that's going to work well with everyone else because you don't want to bring someone in that doesn't want to be there or is only there for the for the money. It's only there for that paycheck. Well, that's really tough. It is. That's really tough to find someone who's just there for the paycheck or not just there for the paycheck because that truly is their motivation. Right. They, they, they need to get paid. They need to get to um, – they need to – pay their bills and support their family and it's really hard and you said you've hired people that you've moved into leadership positions mm -hmm. maybe they were hired as leaders and that's those are the, the real diamonds to find you know yeah. ones that <clears throat> show a little bit of buy-in mm -hmm. and 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 that's really crucial and i'm glad you've hit that phase of either hiring or kind of building your team i think building your team for me is more because i've had a lot of interviews and i've talked to a lot of other small businesses and we waste a lot of time on interviews with people that waste our time. And right. and that it, that has a huge impact on who you're going to bring into your team because the onboarding is not easy. Like, it takes time. And I think that is the biggest thing for me. I'm, I'm going to invest in you as my employee, and I expect you to do the job that you're hired to do and do it with a great attitude. Tell me a story about um, one of your staff members that turned into a leader, or tell me a successful story about someone who started off with you and is just killing it. Oh, I'm going to go with, woof, um, that's kind of tough to pick to which names. one. I'm not going to use a name then. But I will say that my probably the one that I lean on a lot is the one that came to me um, back at the old shop and she learned everything from scratch she learned exactly how to do everything that i was doing everything and she even now to this day puts the order helps me get the order ready um she's still with and you runs the kitchen yeah she's get still out with of here. me she's still here how many years and this is going to be her let's see five seven Oh my God! Yeah, that's she's awesome. My girl. She's uh, and and the thing is, is that we went through it just recently, because uh, she's young. She's uh, thirty, thirty-two. Um, she has three kids, and so she takes pride in her job. She takes pride and so much love into the food. And um, you know, Mave taught her a lot on how to do things and how to run the kitchen. And she's experienced, but she is a hard worker. Um, so throughout COVID, I lost her because, um, she sheltered up. She was taking care of the babies, taking right? care of the kids. Yeah. The kids had, they weren't in school, so we didn't have babysitters. So that was a huge hit for a lot of my people that worked for me. Um, so they would come in at all times and that's what started the 5am shifts, the 6am shifts. Weird. Okay. Yeah. So for her. She has grown so much and is now so independent that, I mean, we have morning phone calls every day because that's just it. That's my person I check in with. And um, she experienced the stroke in the summertime. Mm. And that just took a huge hit on the entire shop because we all had to kind of stop and think, how are we going to do this? Because I had to take her position. I had to, I had to be the one. 
So everything else kind of gets put on hold. And so her being back, she's slowly coming back, but now she's, she's in it and she's determined to just keep grinding. And she wants to be with me for as long as it is. I mean, she's, she's so good. Sees the vision. That's so good. You know, and that's, it's scary when you realize you don't have the depth you thought you do Mm -hmm. when all it takes is for one person to take a hit. Um, that's, that's really tough. And then you end up in a cycle of you're covering this position and then somebody else is out. So then you got to cover that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the random calling out sick, the random things that happen to people. Life happens, Life right? Life happens. And yeah. it's like you rely so hard on your staff. Yep. So that being said, who, who might be listening to this? Do you want people to send their high school seniors to get a job? Do you want people to in between college semesters to come get a job? Who do, who do you want to hire? So I so this is another example of a great kid that I just hired this summer, and he graduated high school, and he's in transition. He was going to go to WVU, but doesn't know if he's going to go. Well, he's not going this semester, so he doesn't know if he's going to go next semester or just wait until the fall. But the coolest thing is, He's, he's local, he's in town, his parents work in town, his whole family lives near. So he's just been such a key player for the front of the house. and he's. Older. I know who you're talking about, he's really good. Yeah, and he's older than the other kids that are in high school, but they look up to him. Good. And I think his energy and his motivation kind of gets them going, and that's what I need. You know, I need people that are going to help me, yeah. that kind of want to learn and want to train and i have so much trust and confidence in him that i made him a a shift leader and he's good yeah and he's doing great and the questions that he has he'll ask me and he'll uh, want you know he's he's just great that's killer yeah call him out by name what's his name elijah elijah yeah so when you go into ortega's it's tall dude yeah right yeah say you elijah i heard you're doing a good job yeah that's yeah. good feedback. It is. Yeah. yeah. There's no chance he's in listening to the Breaking Down for Brackets podcast. I mean, he might. But I'm he just might. saying, good work, Elijah. Yeah. And then your keep keep your key person. Oh, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. And every look, I I, I will testament because I, I I am highly critical. Yeah. And when I come into Ortega's, I am highly critical of every component, and I never give you negative feedback. Yeah. I always say. This is running like a top. You are killing it. The only thing I don't care for is when you're too busy to come out and hang for a minute. And I know you're, you're like a local celebrity and everybody loves you because you provide everybody with the delicious tacos. But And that you're shorthanded and you got to get the food yeah, out. I got to get the food that's out. My, that's my only beef about uh, I know. Ortega's we'll is that there. the person I want to see yeah. is just jammed up. Or, or it's funny because... You know, at the old shop, you used to see everything. Oh, so yeah, you right could in front see of you. All in front of you. <laughs> and at this shop, we're kind of hidden in the kitchen. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing is like they, they're kind of looking in the, in the door like, is, is she in there? Or who's, <laughs> yeah, totally. who's back there? But the coolest thing is that the staff that I have, like, like Jessica has a solid team of girls that are working with her that she's trained, you know, and I just, I can't, th- I can't thank them enough for, Seeing what I see and implementing it in the new in the new staff because how how many more people do you need to make it perfect every day that you're open 
with a little bit of backup? How many more I think staff the biggest do? the biggest hiccup that we have now is lunch rush. Mm-hmm. And and our we have this like need for speed. Like we want to get the food out as soon as possible. And I think the biggest thing is we want to open back up on Mondays, right? But our staff now is maxed out with we we just can't do more hours. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that finding another person that can help with the front of the house will help with, um, well, you know, Miss Ginger, who's been helping me with caterings. But when she's there during lunch rush, and if that she's there during lunch rush, she's there. So she's, she's locked not, in. Yeah, so she can't Cater. do what she needs to do. So I think that, well, and you say another employee, which I'm all about, you know, more employees, but at the same time, we're going into winter months, and I want to see how this kiosk thing works. I don't know if customers are going to like it or not. I really don't. But they all say that they want Yo, to Yo, I see people going into McDonald's that's, using their that's kiosk. That's what they're saying, yeah. It's almost like some people don't want to talk to anybody. Right. I'm going to roll in there. I'm going to order on the kiosk. Yep. They're going to call my number. I'm going to bounce. There's yeah. a lot of people that don't want to talk to anybody. Right. So I think that's, Or the I think QR like, code on the table. So there's like people that have dogs, right? And so they'll come to the alley and they'll sit outside and they'll call their order in or they'll order online and they're like outside. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it would be convenient if they could just scan the QR code, order outside. And some people run their errands. They'll hit the post office, they'll go get coffee or right. whatever. So um, I think that doing that first would help us with front Smart. of the house. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, it's basically a front of the house. Mm-hmm. It's a robot. Yep. Yeah. Um, doesn't get tired. Might break down, but Might gets fixed. Down. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're running a little long and I have two more things I want to talk about, but I, I really want to focus on the details of your catering. Cause I don't think, maybe I don't think a lot of people know that you guys do catering. Yeah. We actually just did a wedding a couple of weeks ago. And it's not just tacos. It's not just tacos. Chips and queso and burritos. We've done a lot. We've done. Okay. So, so yeah, we can do the whole Mexican thing. Whatever it is that you're thinking of, we probably have either done it Got or it. we can do it, right. right? Locked in. Locked in. But, um, in the summertime, I did a, I did a, um, what do we, what do we call it? Cheers to 40 years. Cheers and beers to 40 years. And we did like a pretzel bar with the mustards. We did charcuterie, pate, smoked salmon. I did a wedding in a park. And we did a luncheon, smoked salmon and um, salads, veggie skewers. It was all. I was at one where there was pulled pork. Yeah, we did that too. Was that the chamber thing or something? Yeah, we did the. Yes, we did the pulled pork. Oh my gosh, I give it up to any barbecuer because whoa. Tough, right? That was tough, but it was delicious. We killed it. Yeah. (laughs) So anybody listening out there, when you need catering. Let's help Ortegas get through the winter months. Let's let's bust them up. Yeah. Call them. Yeah. Hire them for catering. For sure. And, and then and then you you're able to roll out with other partnerships like with Jefferson Reynolds or with, yeah I do. So like you're just a component and you know how to work with the other vendors. So yep. you're able to come in and make it just look really smooth. Yeah. Like the one that we did on the park, I partnered with Black Dog Coffee because it was a luncheon and it was a mid mid morning. They got married in the morning, so they wanted. The savories, the the coffee, and the, so we did that, and then they had a lunch in there, and then we just flipped it. So, um, yeah, Jefferson Reynolds helps me. They helped me with that wedding just recently. Um, so yeah, 
and and I'll source anything that I need to. If it's so catered to the actual event and the actual person, so if you want something special that I can't do, I know the people that can do it for me. Awesome. Yeah. See, that's that's it. So that was what I wanted to make communicated was that it's not just the Mexican food. It's, no. It's a, it's a full range. Full range. And, and I I loved it. And everything I've, every time I've eaten with you guys, it's been dynamite. Even yeah. the catering stuff is just dynamite. So good. So now I'm going to touch on a topic that has been eating at both of us for a while. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little thing called chewing the fat with Nat. Yes. Okay. So let's do a quick background on what that was back in college. Okay. So when I was at Shepherd, I had to do my senior project, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I went to school for mass communications and I had a minor in journalism. So I would cover all the games. I would do the sports journalism and I had my little radio show because <laughs> it was part of the project. And I created this whole thing called Chewing the Fat with Nat. <laughs> and I had like blogs. And I think, you know, my number one fan was my aunt out in L.A. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of my friends listened in. And it was a thing that kind of became a thing. And then I had let it go when I was done with the project. Well, you graduated. Yeah. And then you opened a Yeah, then the taco, taco shop, shop yeah. came. So, well, I, I'm happy to announce <laughs> that Chewing the Fat with Nat is going to come back in a limited release special edition, Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. And at this time, and this is subject to change because we, I own it and we do whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> she's looking to have solid, deep conversations with female business owners in Jefferson County or the Panhandle. And I'll be there to co-host her and help with the conversation so if you're a small business owner and you know natalie reach out to her and say hey i want to be on chewing the fat with that i want to talk about what it's like to be a, a woman business owner i think and I i'm think not i'm dynamite. not limited to women i just oh. i just told you because i feel like i was forcing you to pick something yeah <laughs> i just feel like that's going to be the fastest one because i have a lot of ladies that are just powerful and they need to be heard and well, it's also my intention to have you on as a co-host maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. Yeah, I think it'd be cool. Where we have just a small panel of business people that talk about the challenges um, on how to lay out. And granted, I have my own businesses to run. You have your business to yeah. run. So when we find the bandwidth to produce and to have these conversations, I look forward to the Chewing the Fat with Nat. Because similar to the parenting podcasts, I don't have necessarily a lot to say about being a woman business owner. Yeah. Or... Maybe about the topic you've been talking about. So I'll be there to help facilitate and guide the conversation. But really, I want to bring back that spirit of chewing the fat with that. Yeah, it's fun. All right. It's fun. I loved it. And it was something for me to just kind of, it was so, I don't, I just love it. I love, like, this is so much fun for me. Right. And it's something different. Well, good. Well, I think we covered everything. Yeah. That we needed to in this one. All right. I know. Thank you for being on the podcast, finally. I appreciate it. I know. I'm so thankful. And the studio is great. Thank you. And remember, people, catering, call Natalie for catering. Or Ginger. No, Miss Ginger. Yeah, she's my catering manager. So call the Ortega's number and say, I need to get with the catering person. Yes. Right? Especially through the winter. Holiday parties, I assume? We have so many, yeah. And we have people that are booked. And and we can deliver, depending, right? So. Um, we've done that before. We just did one across the street in my little taco wagon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then um, 
if you have somebody who's looking for a job, if they have restaurant experience, or if they're new, I know she says she's trying to hire a robot first. I'm saying get get them down there to apply. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, we're always hiring. Yes. It does, yeah, we're always hiring. Let's be real. All right, cool. So. Well, again, thank you for being on. Thank you. Today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting. You can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs. Give Bracken's a call.